Max Verstappen leads the championship by just five points arriving in Sochi, but Lewis Hamilton is poised to take back control at a Mercedes favourite track. Hello and welcome to another F1 Strategy Report recap. My name's Michael Laminato and this is a preview of the 2021 Russian Grand Prix for Apex Race Manager, the mobile race simulator. Download it now for iOS and Android. Let's take a look back at last year's Russian Grand Prix. Mercedes has an affinity for Sochi, having won every Grand Prix ever held in Russia, but in 2020 the team's execution was lacking. In qualifying, Lewis Hamilton was forced to use the unfavoured soft tyre in Q2 after having an earlier lap time deleted for track limits. And in the pole shootout, Max Verstappen got a powerful toe from Valtteri Bottas to slot into second behind the Briton but ahead of the Finn. Hamilton then copped two five-second penalties for launching practice starts beyond the end of the pit lane on his way to the grid, throwing another spanner in the works. But the powerful slipstream that cost Bottas a front-row start saved the day on lap one. He rode in Hamilton's draft to the first braking zone to slot into second ahead of Verstappen and later inherited the lead to record a comfortable victory. Hamilton recovered to third, but there was more on offer for him in the pursuit of what was then a record-equalling 91st victory. To discuss the race, I caught up with renowned F1 stats man, Sean Kelly. A real tantalising amount of excitement right up until the reconnaissance laps of this race. We had such a delicately poised race, didn't we? Until Lewis Hamilton copped those two penalties. Three cars, two, maybe three different strategies. That should have been peak Formula 1. Well, you could say you've you just summed up every Sochi F1 race we've ever had, <laughs> which is it's delicately balanced until the lights went out. Um, it, it does. It, Sochi has a great tendency to produce a... a, a fairly predictable race um even when the grid is is quite well you know quite well set up and it was set up that well this weekend the fact that we had max verstappen on the front row red bull's first ever front row in sochi mm. could you believe that it seems amazing to say that red bull were an interloper this weekend <laughs> we've gotten used to them being the only people that can get close to mercedes but really in sochi they, they had not done this before um so they did break things up unfortunately broke broken up in a negative sort of way because um, Verstappen starting in second place, Hamilton starting first, and Bottas starting third. Mercedes eventually teamed up in exactly the same way that Ferrari did last year, and dragged the third place runner through the you know slingshotted through into the lead, just like Vettel did last year, um, and like Bottas actually did from the same starting position in 2017. So, um, yeah, it was it was set up quite nicely. That you know at least we knew there was a Red Bull that could be in the fight with Mercedes. Um, it, uh, the the race, on the other hand, maybe not so much. <laughs> Fast forward to Sunday afternoon and Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton made the wrong call. This really set up the result of the race twice on the reconnaissance lap with a practice start. Don't even talk about these, really. In fact, there's often an ad break on the television when the practice starts are taking place when the cars are leaving their garages to take their place on the grid. Two five-second penalties, cumulatively 10 to be served at his first and only pit stop. This was really, if the soft tyre wasn't, and in the end the soft tyre starting on the soft tyre wasn't nearly the, the hamstring of a strategy that Lewis tried to have us believe it was, 10 seconds of the pit stop certainly was. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The discretion that cost him the race, in effect, I think, with these two practice starts outside of the box. Michael Massey had, had, as always, with the race director notes for every race, which is standard procedure, said, okay, well, the practice starts to be formed here. Um, And for whatever reason, which I I have not yet got, maybe, Michael, you've heard about it, I don't know, but uh, Mercedes said it was completely fine for him to do a start, like, halfway down the straight, which Mm -hmm. I just thought was balmy. I I thought, why, why did... Who gave him 
what gave them the impression that that was all right? It, it seemed so obvious to me that that would not be allowed. Um, but once they'd done it, then came the, the thought of, well, what's the penalty? Because we've never actually seen that before. Is the penalty a fine? Is the penalty a, a grid drop for the next race? Is the penalty a time penalty in this race? Well, we'll have to wait and see. I've never seen this sort of thing before. So they're going to have to adjudicate. Now, of course, initially, Hamilton was given penalty points on his license, which were later rescinded because they realized it was actually Mercedes who had said to Hamilton, yes, that's fine, go ahead and do that only to discover it was less than fine and they were getting bopped for these 10 seconds. So Mercedes really shot themselves in the foot. Um, and, you know, it was uh, definitely the, the, the winner of the race was the, the side of the garage that made the fewest mistakes. Mm -hmm. My understanding with that call from Mercedes was that they expected Lewis to go only a meter or so in front of the, the pit box area or the practice start area, as drivers do tend to do because they're all aware that the the exact area is quite rubbered up in terms of the number of practice starts that are executed there. And they didn't see his first practice start, which is, of course, substantially ahead of that area. And so didn't tell him to do it a second time. Uh, they assumed that he'd only done it quite close to the, to the regular area. Perhaps if they'd seen that first practice start, they would have told him he wouldn't have done it the second time and he might have got off with a warning. It's impossible to say. But doing it twice kind of doesn't leave the stewards with a lot of room to say that it was a only a mistake and, and nothing went wrong. So mm. it was kind of a, I guess you could say, a, a lack of attentiveness and a miscommunication between team and driver that cost a race. Yeah, on such small things, you know, they do win or lose. And of course, it was a miscommunication that cost Hamilton the race in Italy as well mm. when he pitted when the pits were closed. Um, so it's these fine margins that you can, you can trip yourself up. I, I, I genuinely think he would have won the race had he not had that penalty because even though he was whinging that the soft tire was not going to hold up as i mentioned pirelli thought the strategy that he actually employed in that race would have been the fastest uh, strategy he didn't want to start the race on that tire but once he was on that tire it certainly didn't seem to be having any problems with lap time he was he was comfortable in the lead and you i mean in fact you heard him whinging they didn't even want to come into the pits mm -hmm. i suspect i suspect mercedes only boxed him when they did because they didn't want a blowout the kind of which that they had at silverstone because, you know, they didn't want to find out that the tyre was fine until it suddenly wasn't fine. So, you know, there was some discretion. Well, this is the really interesting part of this race. This is the, the key part of this race, really, was how Mercedes reacted in this first stint. And you touched on there that, that Lewis was pleading not to be brought in too early. He'd managed to keep the lead despite, despite the slipstream. Valtteri Bottas blamed a bee hitting his helmet as the reason why he couldn't take the lead into the second corner, as good a reason as any, I suppose. But lap 16 was when Lewis Hamilton stopped for the new hard tyre. This was pretty much the window that Mercedes had anticipated before the race. So it was pretty much exactly according to plan. But we surprised considering we got five laps behind the safety car. So essentially that's extending the tyres by not quite five laps because of course they're still being used, but by more than they would have been had they been five racing laps. But they brought him in anyway when it seemed like the pace of the tyre was good. The driver certainly wanted to stay out. Uh, had he got to lap 20, effectively 15 racing laps, so it would have been, let's say, a more representative window, the field behind him would also have spread out more because by stopping on lap 16, he dropped down to 11th, which was quite a way off, and, and he had to rely on other drivers then pitting in front of him before he could try and extract pace from those tyres. It feels like that there was more to gain for Hamilton had they tried to extend that stint. Yeah, I think uh, pace-wise, I think they would have liked to. I just think that they, they were probably... 
a little bit, you know, once bitten, twice shy by the after effects of what happened at Silverstone, where they just got away with it, with the, with the tyre failing on the last lap. I think they, they didn't want to get into a situation where that would be a problem. Mercedes have always pushed a, a, a strategy of risk minimization as opposed to, you know, maximum reward. It's always been, let's minimize the risk, make sure we at least get the points first, and then we can worry about whether it's a one-two or not. And and not only that, but I, I think it's, again, you know, the, the strategy was, without the penalty, the strategy, I think, would have been the winning strategy because uh, Hamilton would have had a, a strong undercut on that hard tire. Uh, the hard tire was very good in Friday. So it would be therefore reasonable to assume that Hamilton, on a new set of hards, like with Bottas and Verstappen on used mediums at the same time, would have a huge undercut there. The win was was there for the taking, which I suspect explained Hamilton's rather dismissive demeanor post race because they knew that okay, we were well on the way there. Well, they did play it safe. I think was the conclusion really because an extra five laps perhaps would have been a gamble. Yeah. You know, the idea that the soft tire would have been heading towards its expected life expectancy, even in Pirelli's words, really, the, the maximum. No one got past lap 20. It was only Sergio Perez, and we'll talk about him in a second. So it would have been pushing it, I suppose, to, to the upper limit. But those extra five laps, I think, really could have made a difference. If not, of course, with the penalty for the victory, because those extra 10 seconds really proved fatal to that. But looking at the numbers, those going, going a little bit further and dropping only to fifth, as it would have been had he stopped on around lap 20, assuming that the ties held up, uh, would have put him well within Max Verstappen's pit window, uh, I think, looking at the numbers uh, by lap 25, if Verstappen waited until lap 25 to stop, as he did in the actual mm. race. Because when Verstappen did stop, he was only five seconds ahead of Hamilton at that point. And that could have made the difference because he lost about five seconds by pitting early did Lewis as opposed to waiting. So I think that there was a margin there for Mercedes to gain a little bit more had they gone a little bit more aggressive. But I suppose when you're in a compromised position, the the instinct, as you said, for Mercedes is to just try and, well, I mean, a podium is certainly not a bad result. So just to try and rescue that minimum and then anything after that, I suppose, is a bonus. Yeah, I mean, we should put it in the context of what it is. I mean, Hamilton going into this race was 55 points clear in the championship. Mm -hmm. He is not needing to win every race to win this world championship and if he does win the world championship this year and ties michael schumacher's seven world titles 25 years from now he will not tell us about the russian grand prix (laughs) that he should have won because they pitted a little bit too early it will not it will be not even a blip on the statistical radar looking ahead to this weekend in sochi this is ordinarily one of mercedes slam dunk races having won every race in russia but on paper it features plenty of the characteristics that have led the team to struggle this season a smooth street surface was a key part of the team's poor monaco and azerbaijan performances for example which made balancing tire warm-up between the front and rear axles difficult for the w12 albeit the car has developed quite a bit since then Red Bull racing has also tended to be stronger in medium-speed corners, which make up the vast majority of the Sochi layout. In previous Russian Grand Prix, Mercedes' class-leading engine has also allowed it to bolt on more downforce to deal with those medium-speed corners without the threat of being passed on the straights. But this year, the Honda is pretty much a match, perhaps even more powerful at the end of the long straights thanks to better electrical energy deployment, which means finding the setup compromise for Mercedes could be more difficult than usual. But there's no doubting Mercedes' affinity for this circuit. And of course, Max Verstappen will also take a three-place grid penalty for his role crashing with Lewis Hamilton in Monza, lowering the odds further for an eighth straight Russian victory. 
Finally, a note on the tyres. They're the softest in the range, as per last year, but a one-stop strategy is still easily achievable with the medium or the soft, as was showcased in 2020. But looking at the weather forecast, the slick tyres may well stay in their blankets, with a high chance of rain starting from Friday afternoon and going right through to Sunday night. In fact, the paddock has already flooded once this week in the lead-up to the race. So who will reign supreme in Sochi? I'll be back next week to debrief all the action. Until then, you can subscribe to The Strategy Report wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our regular pre-race strategy guides. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast. Special thanks to Ben Loke from Bloke Designs for the show artwork, and our theme music is by Simon Hosford. My name's Michael Aminato, and I'll catch you next week for a wrap-up of the Russian Grand Prix.